and today we're actually going to be talking about love. We're going to be talking about um, about understanding God's love and understanding it in all of God's love, even those misunderstandings that we have uh, with his love. Last week we were talking about eating the scroll and we were talking about kind of living it out, living God's word to us, living out God's message to us. And um, so we're excited about being able to um, kind of take this next step and talk about God's love. And we want to, just in a second, I just want to, yeah, okay, there we go. I could kind of hear myself. Um, so we're going to be speaking out of Revelation 19. So if you want to uh, open your Bibles to Revelation 19, that's going to be the main message, kind of talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to be talking about two things. One is the church being purified. And we're going to be talking about evil being judged. Now, we know that the church is going to be purified, but there's threats to that. There's a process where as when the church is being purified, there's going to be this, um, there's going to be this falling away. And there's four main threats, immorality, fear, offense and deception and today we want to talk i wanted to talk about offense i want us to understand god so that we don't get offended because those are the things that actually prevent us from being purified from being presented uh, to god as that kind of pure bride so let's pray father thank you for today thank you for us going live for the first time in a long time and we had words this morning about the stone being rolled away I just pray that that uh, your word to our church, that this process of this stone being rolled away about us being able to kind of come out of the cave would be would be true, would would happen, and uh, that, that this would be that next step in that in that way, and not just kind of coming out of the cave like we can have in-person services, but also coming out of the cave for our church in terms of being able to do online streaming and doing it better. And I'm just so thankful for. For the steps that we're taking in that direction. Okay, so the first point that I want to make is that in Revelation 19 we're talking about this marriage supper and one of the main points of that is the bride being made ready. Now this isn't kind of a process where God just kind of uh, snaps his fingers and all of a sudden the bride is ready. It's a process that's actually, it's actually like a human process. It's God's leadership on the earth purifying us as we go towards the end times. And um, we're going to be going from a process right now where we're kind of engaged to Jesus, where, we're, where we are promised to him. And we're actually going to be going through a process where we're ready and you know, symbolically to actually get married. And so I'll read this from Revelation 19. Revelation 19 is our main passage. Revelation 19.7. Give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. So his wife is us. And one, one thing I really love about Revelation, I mean, we've been studying Revelation in order to understand God's heart and character, but I also love Revelation because it helps us to know where this is going. It helps us to know as a church how to prepare, it helps my spirit to know kind of what to expect as we move forward. And so we know that the church is going to be, it might not look like it all the time, is going to be in a place where it's actually purified, it's actually ready for the Lord. And um, that's exciting to me that this is actually a human process that we're engaging in now, that we are building the church, that God is going to help us. Thank you, Lord. God is going to help us to actually build a church that's pure, 
That's, that's all these things that we want for the church, this church that's in love with each other, that's in love with the Lord, that's kind of his hands and feet, helping people, blessing people, the spirit flowing freely, all these things will happen. That's where we're going. It might not look that way, but that's where we're going. And I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited to have the church that wants to go in that direction, that wants that purity. And we know that God's going to actually make it happen. We just have to stay steady and kind of have to stay with him and not fall into these deceptions. Because the other part of this that's really difficult of this you know, bride being prepared is that there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. And that's very clear. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, that day Jesus is coming. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, the falling away has to come first. 1 Timothy 4, 1, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. There will be this, uh, these problems that are going to come. And I mentioned them before, like immorality and fear. There's going to be this uh, deception that comes on the church. And part of the church will fall away because of it. And the Lord wants us to be prepared. The Lord wants us to be ready to not have that happen. And the main one I want to talk about today is offense. Because that's going to cause a major, it's going to be a major cause of falling away from the Lord before, as, the, as the bride is purified, as the church is purified. The Lord wants us to not fall away. He wants us to understand him and not get offended by his love. Okay, so let's talk about offense. And, um, you know, it's Valentine's Day, the Lord loves us, but we can be offended by love. It doesn't sound, it doesn't feel like it makes sense, but it's, it's so true. In Matthew 24, Matthew 24 is this great chapter that talks about the end times and talks about the challenges that that last generation is going to face. In Matthew 24, verse 10, it says, and then many will be offended. So we're talking about this falling away, and then many will be offended. They'll betray one another, they'll hate one another, they're going to be offended in the end, that generation is going to face this. What could be so offensive about God? God is love. It's Valentine's Day. He's going to get married to us. He has given himself to us in so many ways. Why would people get offended by that? Well, the reason is judgment. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to talk about judgment in church. But if we don't talk about it, we could we make ourselves vulnerable we make we don't, it's not fun to talk about, but it makes our, it makes the church vulnerable to offense because I have client I have clients who come to me, and they'll be like, "I'm a psychologist." Remember, like in this context that I'm talking about, I'm a psychologist, and they'll ask me as a psychologist, they'll say, "Cyrus, why is God doing this? Isn't God a good God?" And they have no grid for difficulty. Nevertheless, judgment coming from God, they have no grid for this. And it's very clear in the Bible uh, on some of the dynamics around this. What's not clear is discerning kind of what's happening right now, uh, you know, and why things are happening. That can be tricky, but we know that we know that we know that the Bible says that God is going to release judgment. It's God doing it. And when that comes, it's going to be greater than COVID. It's going to be, it's going to be larger, more difficult. And I, I believe there's going to be lots of dynamics around the church that's going to be great for us and like protection and things like that, but we're also going to be affected. And I don't want, God doesn't want us to be in a place where we're offended by that. So judgment is challenging. In Revelation 19, right in the context of this consummation, this um, supper 
you know, this bridal wedding supper, we have this judgment. So Revelation 19 says, after this, so that's talking about these judgments, and this is another kind of section of the Bible where there's a chronology of kind of the judgments that are happening. And then God kind of takes a break and talks about stuff to give us a break from all the judgments. And he gives us this about like what's happening in heaven. In Revelation 19, it says, after this, these judgments, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude. Now the multitude is kind of believers, the great multitude in heaven crying out, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God for his judgments are true and just for he has judged he has he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants and once more they cried out this is the the multitude crying out hallelujah the smoke from her the prostitute goes up forever and ever so this isn't god saying this this is the multitude saying this in heaven they are worshiping God and the first major thing that they say here is his judgments are true they're just and they're true and I think they're saying that in this in this place when they're talking about it because that's going to be the main question it's the question that the world is going to be asking is he just is he true and the the people who are with God who have the clearest view from heaven of what's going on are going to be saying his judgments are just his judgments are true and that's that hint that this is offensive people are going to be offended there's going to be this question of whether he's just whether he's true now the humanistic mindset is not going to understand this they are going to be offended if you the more you have that there's going to it's going to be offensive and jeremiah actually prophesied this that it would be offensive and he prophesied that there would be a people who actually understand that he had to prophesy not that people wouldn't understand it. He had to prophesy that people would understand it. The anger of the Lord will not turn back. This is Jeremiah 23, verse 20. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts, like what he's thinking, of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. So basically, people are not understanding this. But in the latter days, there will be a people who understand the thoughts of God and the heart of God. He performed the thoughts of his heart. The thoughts of his heart. He was performing out. He was actually carrying out. God has been restraining his heart for so long in mercy and grace. But there's going to be a time when he actually carries out his, the, the longings of his heart. And there will actually be a people who understand. And God wants us to be that people. He wants us to do that with him. He wants us to understand him. When you're in love with somebody, you want to be understood and he wants to be understood. He's longing for a people who will reach into his heart and understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. Rather than just kind of ignoring those parts of the Bible. So how do we misunderstand the plans of his heart? The, the main idea the main part of love that people in our culture misunderstand is jealousy. People misunderstand how jealousy is a part of love. Now, envy is wanting something that you that doesn't belong to you. And that, that's a sin. So I'm talking about jealousy, which means longing for something that's yours. And clients, I mean, our culture has a challenge with this. We have a very negative connotation around jealousy. 
And most of the time when I talk about jealousy, like in my practice as a psychologist, most of the time when I talk about it, it is in a negative context. People are coming in with really negative forms of jealousy. So I don't want to give you the impression that I think all of jealousy is good. There is definitely inappropriate jealousy and it comes from anxiety and insecurity. So jealousy is a response to a romantic threat, a threat to love. And we misperceive those threats. People will feel a threat that's not real. And that's primarily when we talk about jealousy, when we misperceive threats, when we, when we have this inappropriate jealous response. And it comes from this anxiety. And also, so we have like one side, which we're, we normally think about, which is people will feel jealousy inappropriately because they're anxious about something that's not real. Like my wife's having an affair or she's flirting with people when really maybe she isn't, but they're insecure and they're seeing things. And uh, I have I've had discussions, long discussions with couples where one person is like, you looked, you, you were flirting. And the other person's like, no, I wasn't. And, and, you know, you have to keep your eyes down and all these kinds of things. And because there's this feeling of jealousy. And then there's this question of, is it appropriate or is it inappropriate? Now, the other side of inappropriate jealousy, which is we don't talk about, we don't think about, is wanting somebody to be jealous. That might sound strange. I have lots of people coming in. They don't normally put it this way, but they want their partner to be jealous for them. Because jealousy, we feel it. Even though if we don't talk about it, we feel jealousy is a sign of love. And so it's reassuring. When somebody, when somebody is jealous for you, they feel reassured that they are loved. And so I have people coming in who are disturbed when their partner isn't jealous. They're disturbed unless they see signs of jealousy. I've had clients come in and they will not date or be with anybody who isn't jealous. They, they get very anxious when their partner doesn't show inappropriate jealousy. They, they normally, and, and if some of them will break up because they feel like the relationship doesn't have any love in it because they don't see the jealousy. And sometimes they'll do things to trigger their partner to be jealous because they want that reassurance. Anxiety wants reassurance. So they want to see their partner be jealous. So they actually start doing things in order to make their partner see jealousy, uh, like to give them a threat of jealousy. Like I'm going to, they start flirting or, or talking about it or something like that in order to make their partner jealous. And then they feel like they're loved. So these can go together, right? You can have somebody who sees jealousy and is often jealous with somebody who likes to see their partner jealous. And they can almost kind of have something that works a little bit, even though it's quite unhealthy. They can kind of feed off of each other. And there can be very a lot of drama in a relationship like that, where somebody is inappropriate, inappropriately jealous and somebody is inappropriately wanting reassurance about their love through jealousy. Okay, so that's kind of some of the pictures that we often see and talk about when we talk about jealousy. And researchers call that suspicious jealousy. They call that um, when you see that inappropriate jealousy. But there's also research on jealousy that's appropriate, that's actually helpful to relationships. And this was something that researchers didn't see in the beginning. They were more focused on the inappropriate jealousy, the misperceived threats. But um, there is this other form. And we know it from the Bible that God is a jealous God. Deuteronomy 4 verse 24 says, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. So he's talking about how in love he is, a jealous God. And we talk a lot about idolatry and, and sins like that. God has to be first. That's this 
he's jealous for our love. And I don't actually think it's a great term, but one of the terms they use for appropriate jealousy is actually reactive jealousy rather than the other former suspicious jealousy. So this reactive jealousy, again, it spurs people to action when they see something inappropriate, but this would be a jealousy where it's like, yeah, something is inappropriate in the relationship. There is actually a threat. It's not just anxiety about it. And when they see this form of jealousy, this reactive jealousy, it's actually connected with good things in relationships because it's a healthy response. It's connected to greater love for your partner. It's connected with a feeling of actually being in love. And oftentimes couples come in, they say they want different things like communication, but usually what they actually want is a feeling of being in love with their partner. And that's actually connected with this appropriate jealousy. And very surprisingly, reactive jealousy is actually connected or associated with relationships that are more stable. Normally we think of jealousy as being a sign of instability in relationships, but jealousy, appropriate jealousy is actually connected with, with stability in relationships. There's a healthy response. There's a caring that happens when somebody's threatening your love, when something is happening that's a threat to your love. There is an appropriate, jealous response. And if we're going to understand God's love, we have to understand his jealousy. He gave us relationships amongst ourselves. He gave us romantic relationships, friendships. He gave us those relationships to help us to understand our relationship with him. So he wants us to understand jealousy and how that works because he wants us to understand how he feels about us. Now his judgment is connected to his jealousy. When you have a threat to love, it produces appropriate jealousy, reactive jealousy. Revelation 19 verse six says, then what I heard uh, was a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. So again, this is Revelation 19. This is where it talks about this marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. So when he talks about this um, marriage that's coming, he talks about himself as being the lamb and not a creator, not a provider, not a king, not even a groom. It kind of makes sense that he would talk about himself as being a groom at that point, but he actually talks about himself as being a lamb. And which is a picture of him being sacrificed. That's that picture of him on the cross. Lambs were, this, were the sacrificial lamb. They were the things that Jews used to uh, kind of symbolize the sacrifice that Jesus was going to make and to take care of sin. And so Jesus pictures himself. When he pictures himself coming for his bride, the primary symbol of love in his marriage is going to be the cross. It's going to be the lamb that was slain. And jealousy prompted that. There, was, there were problems in our relationship with God. And God, the consuming fire, wanted us for his own. And so he sent his son as a sacrifice. Jealousy doesn't just prompt judgment. It also prompt this sacrifice. What's going to happen in the end is that, and already now, is the devil is going to accuse God. So we have to be careful about not taking this position ourselves. Because then we're lining up with a, uh, a demonic thought about God, which is 
God isn't good. His judgments on the earth are wrong. And they hinder our ability to have a relationship with him. And they hinder people coming to salvation. That is the devil's accusation of God, that God is not good. But we need to understand his love and trust his judgment. Again, it says that in the beginning of Revelation 19, for his judgments, this is the people speaking, not God, for his judgments are trust, or her judgments are true and just. Right before it talks about him taking away the prostitute, which was a temptation, which was getting in the way of God's love for us. He will, in the end, remove every threat to love. So if you're struggling right now, I don't, I don't want to speak about whether COVID is, um, you know, an attack from Satan or whether it's a judgment from God. I don't have revelation on that. And I, it's a very confusing topic and it can actually have multiple answers at different times. I think what's important to know is that when you think about the struggle that you're going through, when you think about um, the challenges that you might be facing right now, it's that no matter what the answer, God loves you. Whether you think about it as, you know, an attack from Satan or whether you feel like it's actually a judgment from God. Again, I'm not really getting into that um, process of discernment right now. But what you need to know is that in both cases, God loves you. And so when things are challenging for you, when you feel like maybe even when you're discerning that God is bringing a judgment of some kind in some area, it's love. He will produce a pure and spotless bride. And we can't get confused by this. We can't get confused by the many looks of God's love. I believe that as a church, God is calling us to have an open heart to him and an open heart to all of his looks, all of the ways that he loves us. Because when you can love, when you can love and understand and be open to all of God's love and the way that he expresses himself, you're way more stable. There is going to be a shaking. There is going to be a falling away that happens. But if we understand, if, if we follow God's call and understand all the looks of his love, we can remain in his love. We won't be offended by it. So just to summarize, we are being called to be this pure and spotless bride, and God is going to have his way with the church. He is going to produce this, but there is going to be a reckoning. There is going to be this process of people being offended. As he brings his purification, as he ex expresses his love, people will not understand. But there will be, there will remain a purified bride who will understand his heart and all of his plans. And God is wanting us to do that. God is wanting us to be a part of that. And his jealousy doesn't just bring judgment. It also brings the lamb, it's, it's his expression of love. He will do anything for his bride. He will do everything he can. He will sacrifice himself to have her. He will bring judgments on the earth to protect her. He will do everything in his power to bring love forth between himself and his bride. And we want to be a part of that. God is calling us to be a part of that. God's, got, God's judgment is a gift. It's the removal of everything that hinders love. 
So we're going to go back to worship here in a second. And um, so I'm just going to say a prayer and uh, then we'll go back over to Marianne and we're going to have her worship with us. And um, then after the service for everybody on Zoom, we actually have another song that we're another love song that we're going to sing just to talk about that, because this is a day about love and this is a day about all the forms of love and, and romantic love and how that helps us to understand God. So, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for everything you have given us to understand you when it gets complicated. You know that this is going to be complicated for us, that it's going to be challenging, that there is going to be this temptation to go into offense and believe this demonic lie that you are not good and that your judgments are not good. You know that that can be confusing for a human heart that's on the earth with all these voices around us. So you've given us these these stories and this explanation in the Bible to help us to not fall into deception, to help us to love you with all of our hearts and to help us to love all of your heart, not just a part of you, but all of you. And thank you for that. Thank you for the book of Revelation and how it displays your character and your love for us. 